You are listening to Forged Among Stars, a solo RPG actual play podcast presented by DiceGeeks.com. Welcome. My name is Matt Davids. I will be your game master and only player during this season of Forged Among Stars. I am a tabletop RPG writer, game designer, as well as a novelist. I thank you so much for joining me as I play through Ironsworn Star Forged, a tabletop RPG designed by Sean Tompkin. If you would like to learn more about me or the game, please check for links in the description wherever you are listening to this podcast. Now, it is time to journey among the stars. Okay, so... As I frequently start off sessions, I will start off by mentioning that I made a mistake. I called Echo a companion. She is not a companion. She is a connection that I share a bond with. So I messed that up, I think, in the last session by giving myself a plus one. Um, Sorry about that. I am still learning the rules. I'm not going to go back and retcon anything because that is too confusing. So I will try to keep that in mind moving forward. Um, As I say all the time, I am still learning this game, and I really, really do enjoy it. And hopefully it will lead to system mastery at some point, but that has obviously not occurred just yet. (laughs) Um, So I will keep working on that, so I do apologize. Uh, Hopefully I will not make any other huge mistakes. Uh, But hopefully uh, you are enjoying the story and that is pulling you along. So in last session, Hawking Duvall kind of made an assumption that Echo was going to be traveling with him kind of from now on. But she revealed that she may not be. And I think this makes sense. They share a bond. They have shared an exchange of objects, which is important in their culture. But, you know, they're not married. They're not even really romantically involved at this point. It's maybe a nascent um, involvement on that level. But they are good friends. And she still may have many things in her past that she has to take care of. And we don't even know much about her yet. But hopefully that will change in future sessions. So now... Mechanically, I need to spend some experience points, but I think it makes sense that they travel somewhere else to spend those points because it doesn't make any sense in fiction for them to be orbiting Keladon and then all of a sudden get a whole bunch of gear or something like that. So it was decided they are going to go someplace else. Now, I think that Echo would know some different settlements in this sector. Hawking only knew the three to begin with, because he is new to this sector. He only knew Paragon Station, Lodestar, and Larissa. And he does not know the way to Larissa. He does know the course to Lodestar. And we kind of established before that 
Echo had heard of Lodestar, um, but she had warned him not to go there just because of the impending earthquake, not that anything was happening at Lodestar that she filled him in on. So what I think is going to happen here, you know, even though Echo knows other locations that might be bigger, I, I don't think that heading off to them right now would be a good idea. I think Hawking is going to go someplace that he already knows the way to. So he is going to head to Lodestar and there resupply and re-equip. And then from there to continue our exploration in searching for precursor vaults and ancient knowledge. Maybe then he'll rely on Echo to let him know about a few other settlements in the sector and they can start exploring. So we are going to head off to Lodestar. And since he already knows the course, I think, I believe this is the set course move. Um, and I'm going to check those rules and then I'll explain the fiction a little bit better here. So I just don't narrate everything <laughs> in bland, boring meta terms. Okay. So I set a course and of course I got a weak hit because I'm rolling with supply and supply is only three right now. So this says we reach our destination, but we face a peril at the end of it. There are space-borne perils in a table in the PDF, so I have rolled that. And I got a 37, which is isolation or fear presses in. And how I'm going to imagine this is, um, I think this is our first full flight into the drift. The book talks about it as like a stone skipping on water. This is what our ship does. And so we set a course, we knew the course to Lodestar. So we set that course and we're going to, we're going to get there fine, I guess, but we're going to face a peril at our destination. And so what is this isolation or fear presses in? So what I'm going to describe here is that Hawking Duvall sets in the cockpit of Shard of the Sun and I'm imagining this cockpit, you know, like they say, it's a retro future. So this is like visions of the future, but from a few decades ago, right? <laughs> um, uh, and so I've already established that he has kind of like a, almost like a CB-like radio. You know, it has a cord, right? And a clunky mic that he has to take down and speak into. And so what I'm going to imagine the cockpit looks like, it, it doesn't have a yoke or a, a stick. Um, it has handles like the old school Voltron lions, if you know the old 80s cartoon Voltron. So they're handles that can be turned vertical, so your hands are up, or they can be turned uh, horizontal, so your fists are kind of flat. And then they can be pulled out or pushed in to... Uh, operate the controls. And then I'm also going to say that he has like a foot pedal, but it's like a double foot pedal. It's like two feet long or so. And both of his feet rest on that. And he has to like squeak this panel, right? He has to like move that panel with his feet as he is, you know, working these, uh, 
these handles and as he's pushing them in and turning them sideways and things like that. And he's has to work this kind of creaky uh, double foot panel um, that his feet are on. And I'm going to say that he, he activates the ship and he punches in the coordinates to Lodestar. And he engages the E-drive and the lights in front of them turn into this kaleidoscope of smears of vibrant lights and that. And he tries not to look at it too much, right? The spacer superstition of staring too long into the drift or the void. Um, because if you do, it may stare back, <laughs> right? So he launches, but as he's working these controls, he, he does kind of contemplate the emptiness of space and the fact that he is just a speck in this giant universe and that his friend who has saved his life may not continue this voyage with him. And Hawking Duval is a people person. He enjoys being around people. He loves talking to people. He loves interacting with people. And this does not sit with him very well at all. And he is starting to let himself go down a little dark path that he will be alone again on the shard of the sun. So alone. And he is going to take a hit to his spirit, a minus one, which will take him down to three. So Hawking Vol is a bit dejected and depressed as the shard of the sun exits the drift, reappears into normal space. And before him is a giant white-blue ball that is the ice planet of Thule. And orbiting that planet is the orbital station called Lodestar. Now, during sector creation, we learned a little bit about Lodestar. It is a orbital station around the ice world of Thule, which I just said. There are dozens of inhabitants. The government is ineffectual. And the settlement projects are terraforming and secrecy. So I'm going to combine those and say they are secretly terraforming Thule. But, of course, Hawking Duval does not know this just yet. But now there are a few other things that we can roll on to get a little bit more idea. We can roll on first look, and we're going to get a settlement trouble to see what is brewing here at Lodestar. But first, Hawking pulled two storage chips maybe he's hoping they're data storage chips from the precursor vault and so in this time of his sojourn and the travel to lodestar he has looked at those in some way so i think this is gather information and we're going to roll that move okay so i rolled a weak hit that says i've discovered something but i also unearth a complication. So I'm going to say that Hawking has discovered some ancient precursor knowledge about exactly what, I'm, I'm not sure, maybe about the gateway, maybe about the world, maybe about Caledon itself. However, it's only pieces of the puzzle. He is missing all of these other chips. 
these puzzle pieces just don't fit together and the information is very difficult to decipher and to understand. He needs other pieces of the puzzle. This is going to lead Hawking Duvall to do a couple things very serious. He touches the golden sun symbol that is pinned to his coat. That is a piece of the Exodus ships that brought his people here long ago to the forge. He touches it because even though the surface is gold, it's been gold-leafed or, or something like that, it is iron. And he reaches kind of maybe his finger underneath and touches the iron on the backside, and he swears an iron vow that one day he will return to the vault on Caledon. I will make that an extreme vow and just give it a rank. And then also, he is going to swear another iron vow. One day... He will return to Caledon and make contact with the people he saw living in the gorge. So just in fiction, he just grabs the sun symbol, rubs his finger on the back of the cold iron, and says, I swear by the metal of the ships that brought our ancient mothers and fathers to this place, that I will return to the precursor vault on Caledon one day. I also swear that I will make contact with the people that I saw living in the ravine and either help them or forge an alliance with them. He lets go of the token. All right, two more iron vows. I'm setting them both at extreme. I don't know when I'll get to tackle these, but they make perfect, perfect sense. The blue-white ice ball that is the planet Thule hangs in space. Very beautiful from this distance. As the shard of the sun draws nearer, Hawking Duvall begins to see the outlines of an orbital station. And this does not appear to be any normal orbital station. It appears that it has been designed by a master builder. The architecture is exquisite and extremely beautiful. And I'm imagining kind of geometric patterns and shapes of hexagons and triangles and domes all working together to create just a breathtaking orbital station. Hawking Duvall is very, very impressed with the orbital station of Lodestar. So he reaches up, he pulls down his clunky microphone, cable kind of droops down in front of his vision. He slides the button over and he says, This is Shard of the Sun to Lodestar Station. Lodestar, do you read? This is Shard of the Sun. We request permission to dock. Lodestar Station, do you read? He lets go of the button and listens. And then the speaker crackles with life. This is Lodestar to Shard of the Sun. Thank the Grey Ones that you have arrived. We need your help. Hawking Duval reels for a second. He clicks the button, slides it over. Shard of the Sun to Lodestar. I'm not sure I understand. You need our help? Again, the speaker crackles to life. 
Yes, yes, shard of the sun. We need your help. A shuttle was returning from the surface of the planet to the station, but its engines are failing. We cannot get to it in time. Can you? Please, there are eight people on board. We need your help. Please, can you help us? The mic crackles and then goes silent. Hawking Duvall slides his mic button over. Understood, Lodestar. Maneuvering to find the shuttle. We will offer any assistance that we can. He slides the button back. The mic crackles again. Thank you. Thank you so much. Here is some of the data. Last known coordinate. We're tracking her. Tap into our screen. Hawking Duvall slides the button. Understood. Receiving the information now. Just at that moment, Echo comes into the cockpit. She's heard what has been happening. I heard Hawking. What can I do? He looks at her and then back at the screens with data coming in on the shuttlecraft. Sit down. This is going to be tricky. I think that constitutes a vow. Does that, is this how this game works? I hope it is. <laughs> I think that constitutes a vow that he is going to vow to do all he can to rescue the shuttle and its crew. Because if I don't, I could just do a few moves, but then I don't get any quest or bonds or anything like that, do I? But if he swears an oath, he can develop a connection with somebody here on Lodestar. So yeah, so Hawking Duvall, as Echo sits down in the co-pilot chair next to him, Hawking Duvall touches the token and swears, I will do my best to rescue this crew. We'll assign that a dangerous rank. I think that makes perfect sense. Okay, well, keeping with the theme of the show, I've also made another mistake. Every time you make an iron vow, you have to make a move. So I just made three iron vows really fast. Uh, a couple because I waited on those or had not thought of those until I had gathered information on the chips. So I have rolled all three of those. I got a weak hit on the first Iron Vow, which was to return to the vault that Hawking just came from. And that uh, weak hit means I get plus one momentum. Then I rolled and I got a strong hit on meet or make contact with the people living on Kaladan. And I think I keep pronouncing that planet name a little differently. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. It's the jungle world where the precursor vault was. Um, got a strong hit on that. So that means I know exactly what I need to do next. So I got plus two momentum on that one. And then I, on the shuttlecraft incident here, rescuing the crew, I got a weak hit, which plus one momentum. This was very helpful. This gave us four momentum, so we're up to six. So this may be coming in handy right now. So what we are going to do is that Hawking Duvall is now finding himself in a position where he needs to rescue a crew of a shuttlecraft. And... Lodestar is sending him some data on the shuttlecraft and it's like telemetry. Is that what it is? Is that what it's called? Um, or it's location in that. So he is going to use that data to secure an advantage. So, so this is a move called secure advantage. We're going to try to do that. And then he'll try to maneuver in position to rescue the crew of the shuttlecraft. 
Okay, on this roll, I got a strong hit because Hawking Duval was using his heart, and that is his strong suit. So we got a strong hit, so this means we get to take two momentum. So that moves our momentum up to eight, and we get a plus one on our next roll unless it is a progress move. And so now we are going to assess what we are looking at here in this situation. So Hawking Duval pilots the Shard of the Sun around to the side of Lodestar that faces Thule, and there he sees it. Or actually, Echo is the first to see it. She's like, there! And she points. And it's just a tiny speck, but it is a shuttlecraft with eight human souls on board. And Hawking Duvall sees it. He adjusts his course, uses the information that he has gained, and he begins maneuvering his ship into range. And now he can see the shuttlecraft as he's getting closer and closer to it. And he, he's a spacer, right? He knows what ships look like in space. He can tell that this shuttlecraft has lost power and was not quite far enough out of the atmosphere. And it is beginning to fall back into the atmosphere. And of course, this means death for all of those aboard. So Hawking Duvall attempts to maneuver shard of the sun into position so he can offload the shuttle crew and save their lives. I think this role right here will be face danger because he is making a very difficult move to position his ship next to this small shuttlecraft while it has no power. So we are going to roll face danger and I think we're going to use heart because Hawking Duvall relies on his resolve in situations like this and his courage. Strong hit thanks to the plus one from Secure Advantage. So Hawking Duvall, with help from Echo, is able to move the Shard of the Sun into position to begin to offload the crew of the shuttlecraft. Also, mechanically, we get to take plus one momentum, so we're up to plus nine, which is very, very helpful. So I imagine it's something like this. Hawking Duvall maneuvers his handles and adjusts the foot panel beneath his feet, maneuvers the shard of the sun deeper into the atmosphere, and the old ship starts to groan and wheeze, and he maneuvers it right up to the shuttlecraft so that airlock connectors can be fastened and he moves it right there. He looks over at Echo. She flips some switches as well and looks back at him very seriously and nods and he looks back at the controls. It is a very touchy maneuver and they move the ship into place, but they do it deftly and it just slides right next to the shuttlecraft and the air lock couplings align. I think we'll go ahead and mark progress. This is a milestone. So we get two boxes on our dangerous vow to save the crew of the shuttlecraft. Hawking looks at Echo and he says, hold her steady. Echo nods 
and switches some controls, big toggle switches with nice, satisfying snaps. She looks back again at Hawking, and he says, I'm going aft. I'll secure the docking bay and start offloading the crew. Echo nods again, and she's very solemn and concentrating on what she is doing because she has to hold this ship into place. So she nods at him and then turns her attention back to the controls in front of her. Hawking Duvall stands up quickly, rushes out of the cockpit, and back towards the controls of the airlock. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Forged Among Stars. Please consider subscribing to the podcast wherever you are listening to it so you never miss an episode. Another episode will be out soon, but until then, I will see you among the stars. Thank <laughs> you.